The Transfiguration of Our Lord The Epistle Lesson, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 16 through 21 For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone else's interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. After six days, Jesus took with them Peter and James and John his brother and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking, when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Epistle and the Holy Gospel lesson of St. Peter and the Gospel of Matthew and serves as the base of our theme for the transfiguration of our Lord, words for our hearts. Oh, isn't that clever? That expression we can all appreciate when we hear a story told in a creative way that we have not heard before. How often we see a new wrinkle in a movie, and we're not sure where it's going and truly appreciate how it keeps us guessing. Or that book you just couldn't put down because you found the writing so compelling, the plot twist so riveting, and the ending, oh, so satisfying. We can only say, bravo, and watch for the director's next film or the author's next book. As our excitement grows when we see a series of their movies or additional books where our favorite characters will continue their escapades for our entertainment. But eventually, it all comes to an end. 
the movies dwindle away with each production becoming less and less impressive. The characters exhaust their darkest corners, and there is simply nothing left to say concerning their ongoing character development. They all just fade away. Nothing more to see or hear, folks. Move along. We all knew it was just a story, and wouldn't last forever. At least that's what our logical mind says. But what about our hearts? The utter joy we felt alongside our theater-dwelling friends, the kinship we had with our book-dwelling buddies. We know they're not real, but why does my sense of loss feel so real? The creators of our fictional worlds have indeed created cleverly concocted accounts we found ourselves lost in, and we willingly suspended our disbelief for a break from the mundane realities of our present lives. Like having to get up every day and grind away at that job that's always waiting after every wonderful weekend. The routine we so resolutely fall. Coffee at 10. Exercise of four, and Chicago Fire at seven. Tomorrow's another day. And the dreaded house cleaning, laundry, and lawn mowing, and leaf raking. Ugh, we'll do it, knowing all too well. We just have to do it again in two weeks. So the movie becomes the break in our routine, and the stories are escaped from our daily drudgery. But... They're not real. They're just silver screen sensations and literary devices of distraction. And that's all they'll ever be. The Apostle Peter articulates an account that is not a cleverly concocted myth, not a drama driven by the imagination of a brilliant writer, or just a tale to tell. Rather, it is an epic narrative that lives on and feeds our souls without end. The event of the ages happened on a mysterious mountain shrouded in a holy cloud. Epic, historical, and biblical legends of our faith came. You can almost hear Peter exclaiming at the top of his lungs, If you could only see what I saw, I was there. What happened will be talked about forever. That day, God came to his holy mountain and repeated himself from another epic account with witnesses galore present. At Jesus' baptism, his eternal father spoke these words in part, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Not only God the Father was pleased, thousands more were as well, for they followed the miracle-making man-God everywhere Jesus went. But the Father of Heaven repeats himself today where only Peter, James, and John went. So Peter, the eyewitness of this glorious day, tells us what God said again. But then we see in our Gospel of St. Matthew that he added three simple words. Listen to him. Did Peter just forget this in his account? Did the Holy Spirit take a break whilst this was being dictated? It doesn't really matter. 
God the Father added it. We have it. Now, are we going to believe it? It is fascinating to me how often people want you to believe in Jesus, but don't actually listen to him. We love Jesus or we love sin. There's no room in between. For when we love sin, we forget that Jesus came to forgive sin and want to redeem us from our sinful lips, our sinful eyes, and our sinful hearts that only love our sinful self. When we love Jesus, we believe his words that he came not to condemn us for the sins, but to save us from each and every sin we commit daily. So, we listen to him, who speaks his words, proclaiming us his children through the blood he shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Words of the King Eternal from his throne of a cross, where he defeated the devil's accusations against us and decreed us forgiven because of the death he was willing to die for us. We listen to him not as his subjects, but as his family, gathering around the baptismal font, knowing this is the place where our sins were washed away. His words, spoken over the bread and wine, make it his body and blood to strengthen our faith and individually assure me that our sins are forgiven. Now, that is indeed the word incarnate worth listening to. So, go on to your movies and read your books. After all, there's nothing like a good book on a cold, rainy night with a cup of hot cocoa under your favorite quilt. But when they're over, Turn to the voice sublime that speaks a never-ending narrative that is far from beyond belief that will light up your darkest corners of doubt with his words to your heart forever. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.